Have you tried finding tickets for any live event lately? It's impossible to keep up and prices are crazy. That's why you have to check out Gold Star. Gold Star makes it easy to discover the best in live entertainment in your city with instant access to awesome events and special ticket deals, concerts, live theater, comedy, dance, food fests, immersive experiences, you name it. Gold Star has access to special deals you won't find anywhere else with savings of 50% or more. Go to goldstar.com and use the code DCPOD to save $10 on your first purchase. That's goldstar.com, code DCPOD to save $10. Hi guys. Hey guys! Hello and welcome back to another fun episode of Black Scott Pod with your host Susie and Shirley. How are we this week? Actually, more importantly, sorry. More importantly, no, not how are we this week. We have a very, very important guest on today. A very, very lovely man that we'd like to say hello to. If you'd like to introduce yourself, uh, what's up? My name is Chef. How's it going? We are so excited to have you on, Chef, because I think you're also our first male guest um, onto the show. So welcome. Welcome into this lovely space. Okay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> We've also got um, one of the announcements that we wanted to make today was that we are going to be doing weekly episodes. So, uh, yeah, super excited to get back to doing that again. So back to Chef. How are you? How are you doing in this panoramic <laughs> pandemic? Panas- Panacotta, whatever Panasonic. we want to call it. Keeping on, keeping on, staying busy at least, which I can't complain about. So, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, life is it is what it is. Everyone's going through the same thing, so I guess I'm just trying to stay busy, stay focused, and yeah, stay happy. I guess I think that's what everyone's trying to do. Um, yeah, all by yourself. That's so true. I think you're definitely right. Like Shirley and I have been having this conversation just over the last couple of weeks that we feel like we're just experiencing the same the same thing I, like I live the same day over and over and over again like that movie oblivion <laughs> oh you wrote with oblivion i was gonna say like groundhog day or something oh, there's too many references you can make to that day mm. yeah we just feel like everything is just the Very same to be honest but what are you doing to keep happy though because yo yeah. is what are we doing to keep happy uh, cooking making music um so just studio all the time i'm going to be going to studio to tonight as well i'm in studio pretty much every night that i can get in um cooking a lot making food um okay well it's actually not that big of a list really that's probably <laughs> Those are the those are the staples. Those are the staples. To be honest with you, yeah, to be honest, food, food and studio. You know, at least you've got the happiness, yeah, going on there. Yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself and what you do, and yeah. yeah well, I am an artist based out of Aberdeen. I am a rap artist, um, musician, creative director as well. Um, student. Um, trying to think, what else is there? Yeah. That's a lot. That's that. That's a lot. In, are you? Did you say that you were twenty four? Yeah, um, I think twenty three, twenty four. Twenty four. Sorry, you said musician, 
creative director and student. That's that's a lot. See, I hate doing this. You make people like you make me feel unachieved. Thank you very much for this. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but that is quite yeah. Not at all, but I mean, yeah, it's um, yeah, no, I just like I love making music. I um have been releasing music since like 2019, so a couple years, and um. I'm just working up to releasing my first proper project right now. And um, I've been working on a lot of other people's projects as a creative director with direction for the past year as well. Um, and uni, well, uni is uni. Uh, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> What's been your journey so far? Like, how did you start out? Um, so were you born in Scotland? Yeah. Or what's, what's, your, what's your journey, actually? The full, the the whole, whole journey, I The whole shebang. I was born in Scotland. My parents got over here. My dad um, studied. Um, he actually studied at Cambridge for his PhD. Uh, huh. Wow. So huh. I, I ended, yeah, I ended up being born in, in Aberdeen after he came up for work for a bit. And then, yeah, I've always been like musically inclined activity. I was put into a lot of activities when I was young. Where those like it's like a Nigerian household. My parents are Nigerian, so like they kind of all you're you're always busy as a child. You're always like alive <laughs> with something Nigerian household. Yeah, they don't extracurriculars. Like, you can't just sit down and do nothing. So, uh, <laughs> well, they let you sit down and do <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, not really too so i had to um yeah so i was um playing sports i was i played the violin from when i was young um and that was probably the violin was probably the first thing i got into music i played that for about nine years um and then during that time wow. i started dancing being on stage and i kind of mixed the music with being on stage and then in the end i'm a vocal artist i'm trying to make music and just been writing so i was always writing from my young teens. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, music's always been there. It's just always been there. I think it was just um, in the past couple of years when I just really, when everything finally came together and I really realized that, you know, the resources are there. There's things that you can actually do to create opportunities for yourself, especially coming from Scotland. And I just decided, yeah, like, I just wanted to take it forward. Um, And where did, like, where did you sort of uh, spend the majority of growing up was it in Britain uh, in Scotland yeah even? um so but it's like always it's always been Aberdeen my family have always my immediate family have always been based out of Aberdeen but um, we had family in London that I would stay with often um growing up uh, we've spent a lot of time in Nigeria I spent um as well and then it was um America quite a few of the southern states there um Atlanta and Baltimore um in Maryland and those types of places um we would frequent i would we would often be there for there was a good period of about six years when six seven years when we were back and forth between all of those places um that was like before i was like 14 15 before those ages so like just from very young i became accustomed to kind of my family's traits from like atlanta and seeing hip-hop and rap and in london and seeing afrobeat kind of develop in nigeria in the early stages then when it was like the start of the Debange um, and all of them coming through. So, yeah, and then seeing the start of TI stuff, that was like 06 and all of them. Yeah, no, it was really, really great. You uh, spoke about your loads of influences, you know, growing up with your, your family um, and seeing them. Yeah. So what kind of music did you know, st- did you start listening to in the beginning, you know, and how 
oh, I'm making this co- this question complicated. I just want to know what music you listen to and like how it's shaped you. <laughs> like, I'm listening to this. Like, where are you oh, taking sorry, the guys, questions? Am I trying to be- <laughs> no, do you know what? I just want to know <laughs> what music did you listen to? Because this is always something that I love um, hearing about. I mean, a lot of the stuff I listened to, I'll be honest, it was generally, generally towards the pop side when I was younger. That's all my parents would, they didn't really want us seeing too much. But like, they, they, it's like 50 Cent and Eminem, which were, you know, when we were growing up, they were big enough that I, like everyone heard them. So I always went to like the biggest artists that were there. But growing up, um, I think up until I reached about 10, 11, it was very much just general like pop culture, which I think most people our age would was the same actually. But um, after that, the first like rap kind of that I started discovering was definitely like, obviously in the grime era with Gets. Um, I, I, I really like, when I wanted to get into rap music, I went back to the history. So there was the old school hip hop in America with like Rakim um, and obviously the, rise of like digital underground and and back and biggie afterwards and all of them so i don't know i, I liked all kinds of music i i went through like an old 60s crooner phase where i loved like do what music um and like listen to like frankie lyman and roy hamilton um i really really loved them they were like they're like not even my guilty pleasure. I love them and people can accept it. Um, <laughs> I love it. Nah, but I totally get the whole thing of like um, being raised on like pop culture music. I don't know if you're like the same guys, but for me, it was like having like, what was it? Just the mm-hmm. basic music channels like on TV. So it was like always MTV and it would always be the same recycled like playlist that you'd hear all the time. Outcast. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. And anytime you wanted to listen to, like, mm-hmm. any form of, like, Black music, that's literally what you'd get. So um, what kind of, like, influences would you sort of call out, actually, uh, speaking about your EP? I haven't dropped a project before, so this is my debut EP. So, I mean, the kind of, I guess the main vibe for the EP is, well, the name is called The World Is Mine. So it's really just my statement and letting, you know, I'm just letting you know, that, like, I, I I am here. And also, it is kind of a message about where I talk about different moments in my life um, where you have to, like, seize the opportunity and seize the chance that you've been given. Um, and also realising that, that you can create some of these opportunities yourself without just having to wait for them. Um, how uh, how do you find it um, being up in Aberdeen? Aberdeen's <laughs> um, good. Aberdeen's good. Um, I feel like everybody, a lot of people have a stigma towards the place they were raised, you know, when they're trying to do something that take that has to take them out of the city mm-hmm. um but i mean i i've I've i travel for work which i mean i call music work like that music is work so mm-hmm. i travel for work um i'm to glasgow and edinburgh like whenever i need to um aberdeen's i i feel like there's a level of support here that i get i don't feel like i've ever been like held back here you know mm-hmm. um the city <clears throat> i feel like they 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 appreciate good quality, so you know what I'm saying. We we focused on keeping um, on, I focus on keeping my art as high quality as I can. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like it's been appreciated here, and I've been given a big push to kind of take my stuff further out um, from here. But mm-hmm. you know, I feel like with all cities in Scotland, it's with it's still in need, you know, of more investment when it comes to its arts and its creative industries is mm-hmm. needed. Um, 
especially with rap, is needed more more of a highlight placed in the mainstream media and not only when it does get the highlight it needs to be handled by the right people who understand the music i feel like all of this is very important but that's the same across scotland and i feel like aberdeen and as long as artists from aberdeen edinburgh and glasgow dundee all those different areas um and surrounding are connecting and actually making those journeys then we can establish a good base so i don't feel like i'm stuck in aberdeen i still Mm -hmm. feel connected the rest of Scotland as well. And how do you feel as a, a black Scottish artist? Yeah, do you think that the there's like that reception for you um out there or do you think it's something that also needs um some investment into it? Because I mean I think it's probably um probably say there's not really much investment that goes into you know the arts and stuff, especially that goes into uh black artists, um regardless of whether they're producing music or um you know traditional forms of, of art. Yeah, no, there is in Scotland recently. There's been a like a, there has been a shift which I can't deny, in which um a lot more people in kind of what we'd call the hip hop rap urban or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um industries um have been getting they've been getting a lot more support, a lot more recognition. So we definitely can't complain about that, and we have mm-hmm. to like appreciate big platforms for doing that, and they've been appointing more of the right people in those positions. But I don't know. I still think that it is just. It's obviously because of the music and the successful acts from Scotland, which are majority of like singers and bands, mm. there's going to be more attention put towards that. Um, I do think it's necessary for us as artists in this type of industry in Scotland to, as long as we obviously keep supplying the, the content and the creativity and the art that makes an impact, mm-hmm. then more of this investment and more of this attention will come towards us. And those people who are making the impact eventually will get into the positions where they can then help more and more other people and we're seeing it up there at the moment with um people um working at like the, the glasgow platform up to, up to standard there's 1250 that are doing like reasonably well as well um there's um obviously podcasts like yourselves i mean there's so many different creatives and um that are doing like different things even the ransom hq that runs out of aberdeen um that's by ransom there's so many different people that are not building an infrastructure in which we're supporting ourselves mm-hmm. yeah um, so i'm just really excited for that um there's a, another new project called the rap yard which is going to be opening in glasgow okay. um, that's that's very very new it's going to be there this year which is going to be amazing um i don't want to give too much away about that oh. but like, that will be very exciting um but there's so many different things which are getting built so i'm just looking forward to working with different people and all those types of things do you feel like it's sort of been accelerated over the last couple of years like there's um, more interest and more investment um into the creative industries in scotland oh yeah definitely definitely um i feel like there really has been especially in the past 12 months um there has been so much I'm, i'm i mean i think the quality of the content has increased a lot a lot of people as well have become more open to collaboration more open mm-hmm. to working together learning and growing and i think um the crabs in the um, bucket or crabs in the barrel mentality is kind of fading away now mm-hmm. um bit by bit which will still take a process and now it's more we, we all feel like everybody can get a piece you know what i mean and yeah. everybody can so it, it feels good right now there's an air of like happiness i feel amongst the people i'm associating with i mean i hope everybody else is getting the same yeah do you know what i we've been what i've been quite surprised about um with doing the podcast is just how much of a community is out there 
um, mm-hmm. in creative industries. Everybody seems like so far, like, you know, they want to support you and we all want to be a part of each other's work and contribute to like, you know, a, raising all of our profiles. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it's so nice because, um, you know, what, a couple of years ago, um, so I trained initially to be, to work in film and TV. And when I graduated like 2012, there was nothing absolutely nothing there wasn't really like a community because we were all fighting with each other trying to get that one job yeah (laughs) you know what I mean like to the point where I just say do you know what like I just I can't do I can't do creative industries there's just no space there's no space Mm. for us yeah it's unfortunate that that happens um I think that's why especially I think the one thing which is necessary is like i said to create that infrastructure and to have those um systems in place so that it's not just because people often think that oh yeah okay well now we've got a platform okay we've got places that Mm -hmm. people can put music out on but then again you need the people who are who can take you to the studio as a new artist and instill that confidence in you Mm -hmm. in order to be take it further a lot of people will give up on certain things because maybe they just haven't had that support um, even even though they've had the facilities that are there. So it's about also not just having the investment in the facilities, but the investment in the actual knowledge that we can share and having the right people who can talk to like the next generation of artists that are coming through. Because a lot of them I've, that I've spoken to as well, um, they just need more support yeah. at this point. Um, but it is happening. There's a lot of teams working on it um, in different areas. So um, the Scottish scene... It is thriving at the moment more than it has been. So I can't, like I said, I can't complain with what we're getting. When I was coming up watching the Scottish artists that I saw, I know they had it a lot harder than we did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of feel blessed with, with what we've been given to work with at least. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Definitely. It was a little bit, a little bit harder um, without that spotlight on you know getting the accurate representation um out there for sure because it was just people making decisions over Mm -hmm. cultures and um like things that they just didn't have any experience in and somehow being the definitive voice of that yeah (laughs) so you're right you have to build that infrastructure and get the right people in the jobs to make those decisions and to also bring people up behind them yeah, very true, very true. Like it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we're seeing it more often right now, especially with the BBC introducing team in Scotland. Oh my very goodness, happy. yes, yes, yes. BIH, absolutely amazing. Everybody else on that team as well. Um, they've been doing an amazing job. So big shout out to them. Big big shout out to them. I was actually just going to mention that that's how I actually first heard of you when I got the chance to do BBC introducing. And I was like frantically hunting for like black musicians. Like, dude, I was literally like, what's going on? Like, but I feel like the moment that I got onto your page, so many other things were open. And I remember listening to like your first video and thinking, where has he been? Like, what's going on here? And I remember just being like, I'm messaging the team and being like, I need to find a way to like, you know, can I do it? Can I, can I message him? Can What do I do? I was literally trying to find any alley in any situation. I was like, no, it has to be. Like, I didn't care whether I found anyone else that day. I was like, it just has to be. It has to be. There's no one else. No one else matters. Yeah. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. Like, yeah, that kickstarted, I'll be honest. Well, after that, when we got that play then on the radio, that kickstarted a lot. I, I no still, way. Wow. 
did I tell you that? Yeah, sure you I did. did. Thank you. You, you, did. you absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cry, <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> that was the way that made me finally buy that PRS so I could finally start getting paid for these videos. Yes. Okay, let me clap. Okay, wonderful. Okay, they need to double they that do now. They need to double that yeah. now. That is absolutely amazing. We're always happy to see it, man. But that's what I was saying, though. People having those types of opportunities and passing it on down to other artists and other and other creators in the scene and then from them being able from them me being on there um the track that they had played was my producer's track they started looking at my producer and his oh. album he ended up getting track of the week on BBC. so this is what i mean when people the right people get into these yeah. types of opportunities and they can pass things down it trickles and it affects the whole scene mm-hmm. which is just yeah that's that's amazing what, that's man things that excites me my eyebrows are up into my skin fucking they're into my they're they're into my bonnet right now guys they're into my bonnet right now i'm so happy for you like i'm so happy and i'm so glad that your music got that spotlight because it does deserve it and i i am sure people will love this ep like i'm sure you know actually i have a cousin up in aberdeen and i remember like i was frantically messaging i was like why have you never told me about this guy before like what's go like i know <laughs> you live in aberdeen you are exposed to these people and like pims not being said like do we no longer care what's the sitch so on a more no. so on a more serious not serious <laughs> note but um i think we always ask our guests you know what was your upbringing like in scotland like how did you find it um you know growing up as a black person here was it quite was, like yeah how did you find it um I think the one way that I think it's best that I describe these things is that I feel like it was isolating mm-hmm. a bit. Um, you know, there's, unfortunately, I, I would say every black person in this country has experienced some form of racism, whether it's overt or like covert. So I don't know, getting a small amount seems to be the, the norm that we put up with. Um, so i mean yes i had the experiences here and there of like the racism but it really only it only got worse as i got older Mm. for myself when i was younger it was more just i was it felt more like you were shunned pushed to the side a bit um there's so many in our generation grow up as like the one or the few black people in the area or even even just few um, immigrant families in the area. Sometimes it's not even just black. There might only be one immigrant family in the entire place. Yeah. Um, growing up like that, <clears throat> I said, yeah, you do feel a bit excluded. Um, but I mean, I was lucky. I, I had family. Like I said, I would would leave and go and see my family. I would had I had a cousin that would stay. I had a sister. So, you know, I was very lucky that my home. I was I felt very comfortable in my home. Yeah. Um, there i think as i grew up that's when you start seeing more of these issues face you um a bit more head on a bit more head on so um yeah there's there's been difficult times um i think it's very tough especially in aberdeen we're a bit closed off and we're not as we don't get as many tourists as um the other cities um edinburgh Mm -hmm. and glasgow in in, where they might become more accustomed to other cultures Um, in those areas so Aberdeen's very much sometimes feels like a, it's its own bubble yeah. but um, it's, it's up to certain people to pop the bubble and you know <laughs> break down the barriers yeah, yeah, that, that bubble's popping 
Well, I ran the protest in Aberdeen last year, so we did. No way. You have to reverse that. Why have you mentioned that just now? Like, well, no. so, okay, <laughs> yes, please. Uh, what's the story? <laughs> tell us. Well, obviously, during the summer of last year, I'm sure we all know there was protests across mm-hmm. the UK um, and the world um, in um, the support of George Floyd and obviously the <laughs> institutional and uh, systemic racism that we've all seen for a long time. So, um, myself here, I'm the president of the African Caribbean Society up in Aberdeen. Well, I've just finished my last term oh. right now, so currently not right now. But um, because of that, there was. Well, the protest was going to happen regardless, and um, I was contacted by a lot of people to take kind of sort that out and make sure that it happened safely. So uh, I was the one that organized the um, protest up in Aberdeen, but we had zero incidents, zero arrests, so very happy with that. Um, And since then, you know, there's been a lot of response from the different large organizations and the universities in the city. So, um, yeah. Right now, even though I know the problems aren't solved anywhere in Scotland, it's at, at least I, I feel happy that I'm involved somewhat in, in in some of the change, and that there's a lot of people I know and associate with that are involved in the change elsewhere. So, yeah, I just think it's just up to more people to to show that the change is happening, so that people who might not be at those tables actually know that there is change happening, there's work, and that we can all come together, and that there's a space for everybody. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. I think definitely there is absolutely a space for everyone. And how did the the sort of the death of George Floyd um, affect you as a as a black man living in Scotland? This is like a perspective that Shirley and I kind of you know will never have. Um, and wow. like as on a level like as a black woman, there's quite a lot at stake. But at the same time, you're we're all literally fighting for our lives. Um, mm. And as a woman, I feel like we tend to feel kind of you know hyper visible overlooked at the same time somehow <laughs> and mm. there's always that um assumption that we'll be fine we'll be fine like you're strong you're fine it's like so like mm. how did how did that all kind of affect you um to be I've, for me that whole process there was like the most difficult thing that i'd have to do because it was one of those, the whole point that I felt of a protest, not only is like to make a statement um, against um, the oppressor or whoever the oppressor may be in, in, in any protest, it's also meant to be a safe release of whatever pain th- those who have been oppressed or, or mm-hmm. might be feeling. And I think, I've, especially of a, a black man growing up, we're not we're not really raised in, in a way um, to face our emotions. Mm kind of put away like you don't like you have you have things to do because you're a man and like that's the kind of unfortunately the kind of culture that a lot of men are raised in so in order for myself to obviously run that type of event and that protest I had to really kind of face all of my emotions around it and not just run it like I would run a, an event or, a <laughs> yeah. or like something like that I, yeah just turn into like, the wind for this one yeah, so when you're then, then I had to educate myself mm. more on a lot of other as well to be able to be in that position. And it was really tough. I remember, yeah, it was very emotional for like, I'm pretty sure I woke up just like pretty much in tears for like every day for like a mm. week in the week, up 
but I mean, I had a support because just you're just actually I had to read so much mm. about suffering, so much pain, and so much of the stuff that like your your body, quite frankly, has like blocked yeah. out because it's just easier yeah. that way <laughs> at times. Um, but I guess you know I had a support system, which is what I realized, and that's the one thing that I keep saying about pretty much everything. I think that's what that kind of period told me, like having a support system and having people you can talk to um it makes it easier to deal with whatever you've held in and for whatever may come in the future so yeah no the experience made me realize that I have a support system and even if it's not immediate there were there were hundreds of other people that came out to feel the exact same way that can understand as well so I think it was yeah it was difficult but refreshing the whole experience like it was a great weight that I had lifted you're right because like even turning up to see all all those black people that had similar experiences to us Mm -hmm. was like hair standing up on the back of your neck like I didn't imagine this I didn't imagine what I went through and then seeing it all you know televised and you see what's happening all around the country and you saw all of those people went through the same thing and we are all in this together and we are all here for each other it's like it's so yeah. beautiful but it's also like so bittersweet yes that's the thing yeah, yeah. it breaks my heart because even though the situations like that like for me um during blm i actually realized the sheer amount of black people in edinburgh like i'd known i'd known oh, yeah. but i didn't know at the same time like, I know that there's a few people, but, like, I'd always thought to myself, you know, like, we're all just different people in different parts of Edinburgh that we don't really meet nor see. So when everyone was all just gathered there and I'm thinking to myself, like, I didn't know you existed. Oh, there's a new, like, but it was yeah. wild. But it was yeah. really sad to think that those are the circumstances in which brought us together and yeah, other circumstances mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have had us in that type of... I think the best thing that I can say, though, about it was I often think um, throughout the process, obviously, a lot of people who were mm-hmm. coming to the protest um, and demonstration, I had messages from so many people. And there was um, a little boy who was like seven oh. years old. I remember I did door sales for like one summer, like three years ago. That's actually where oh. I met my producer. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it for like a week. We both did it. Surprisingly, we met then. And my first sale was by this woman. And she just did it because it was way mm-hmm. out in the sticks, mm-hmm. like 50 miles outside of the city. And she just did it because she clearly saw I was struggling. And um, yeah, she like her her um, family, like oh, she's the same race as me. Her family are black as well. Mm-hmm. And she just like helped me out and just gave me that kind of push. And she brought no. her son, now seven. And he had said he'd been getting bullied in school. He was having a tough time. And this was like the first time that he had seen like people supporting him. Uh-huh. Uh, like seeing himself in the majority because he now sees like a thousand people around him um and um yeah it was just seeing that and seeing the fact that like we've instilled that the lessons that we learned but in somebody so young who hasn't who now can go through the rest of their life feeling that without feeling how we felt when we were younger yeah it just it makes it worth it and i mean at least at least the younger generation shouldn't have to go through that yeah. often um so I guess, yeah. 
Oh, it was uh, such a learning experience that I'm still learning from it to this day. So I think... Um, it's unfortunately yeah. one of those life lessons that just never ends. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I think even just having these conversations like on the pod through music, through art, through film and all that lets people know like, you know, first of all, we're not going to be silent because we are here. Yeah. And we do have presence we and we are going to connect. Yeah. We're going to connect, you know, all the things that, you know, the terrible things that have happened to us don't need to sort of live on in, in the dark or in silence anymore. And we're bringing it to the light so that someone who's coming up behind us doesn't have to go through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we can also, and I think it's also about letting um, everyone know that like those things that we've been through, even though we can bring them to light, they don't define us. As Absolutely. Well. And that we're more than just our suffering as well. And oh my goodness, you've got it. You... <laughs> Shirley and I are always talking about this. Like, we're sick and tired of only seeing black people suffer. When people yeah. make things and it's just black people being like, just like, just going through the worst times. Uh, you know what? Can we just make like a Desperate Housewives? You know, that was a good show. Can we make Desperate Housewives but with like black people? Please, <laughs> oh, let's do comedy days. and all of those fun things. I'm sick and tired of just having, just seeing black people in basements being tortured by white people. Like, can, come on. That is actually very, very true. It's like that new freaking show that's come out just now. And I'm like, mm-mm. I'm not I even bothering. I'm, I'm ready bothering. for that kind of emotional torture. Just can't, just, just yet. Yeah. Yeah. It just... I mean, that timing, the timing of that is just horrible. It's so, like, it's just like, <laughs> what made you think it was okay? I think somebody already spent the budget. <laughs> yeah. We've got to release it. <laughs> what well, the contract <laughs> said. But guys, we made this during the protest. Like, we thought it was a good idea. But <laughs> like, that's basically lack of a foresight. Oh, it's not the right time. Great, and that brings us to our last segment, which is what did you watch and what this week, and what do you want to pass on to the people? What what should we what should we be looking yeah. at, Chef? What should we be looking? What, what should we be like, watching? Yeah, what's good? Watching? Oh, I am. Well, I'm a big anime head. No, um, no. <laughs> the stop, way that no one's close to Shirley and I are okay. We're about to geek out. We're about to geek out. Great. Wait. So what? Um. Wait, you guys actually yes, yes. Oh, amazing! Sorry, I feel like really real before like you start bonding <laughs> with somebody over anime. I need yeah. to work them out a bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> Someone might watch like a couple of episodes of Naruto, and now you're going into like the full plot twist of Death Note. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Yeah, but Attack on Titan. Attack oh on Titan. wow! Have you, have you watched the second season? Second, I'm on the yeah, season. yeah. No, okay. See, it's when you say this to me, Susie. I didn't know how to tell you the other day that, that, that a lot of people are like so gone past that. <laughs> no, no, I'm very confused though. Wait, 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 no, 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 not second. Sorry, what was it that Netflix released like a while ago, and then they just called it quits at that point, and then obviously the studio had to catch up with the manga. Yeah, what was so that? Was that, that season two? What's the second? If it's on Netflix, I think it might only be... So Netflix okay. done this thing where, like, I think season one and two are sort of... I don't know if they're mashed up or what. Yeah, it's like Or if one, it's one, yeah. but it sort of doesn't make sense because I know from there it jumps onto season three that was released out with Netflix and then season four has already been released, which I'm not there yet either. 
Okay, right, everybody should watch. Right, fine. I, I watched up to where Netflix got to because I was still trying to come to terms with paying for Crunchyroll. So. Gosh, but yes, the final season of Attack on Titan is absolutely amazing. I'm loving it. Mm. Um, you were talking about Desperate Housewives before. Um, I did just finish watching the entire eight seasons. What? Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Did you okay. rewatch it? I did. Yeah, was it. it worth it? Yeah, because yeah, when it was on Channel 4 with the Herbal Essence adverts. Yeah. <laughs> we all remember that. Yes, I remember. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I just finished watching all those. Um, no I'm trying to think. Anime. What else am I watching? Um, oh, it's kind of actually. I'm waiting for like new seasons to come out. So I'm waiting for a new season of like Ajin to come out. The Dem Demon one. Did you uh, stick with that? Could you stick with that? Yeah, I could. I. I don't <laughs> I watched the first season, right? And I was all like, yes. And then the se- second season came out, and I was a bit like, mm. Yeah, okay, the second season's not. <laughs> okay, yeah. Anime, <laughs> yeah. we could do this all day, and it would actually just end up being a problem. So we're probably not going to do that. And so, Shirley, what have you been watching? Ah, oh, Lord, my TV watching has been very dry. Aside from Drag Race, it's been dry. Um, So I've been trying to like watch movies so i actually started watching the original ghost in the shell because as we can all admit that movie was disgusting we don't talk about it which one one? like now that i'm watching the anime because this is the first time i'm watching it i'd never watched it before i'm like seriously guys like (laughs) really not gonna go back to like repeating some of the ones that i remember too much because like it just it just gets too ingrained in my head but ghost in the shell amazing at the moment freaking amazing and they've made like a series of other ones i didn't know that there was more afterwards so i'm like yes i just hope it doesn't end up like yeah. um, upsetting me like um neon evangelion did or evangelion evangelion <laughs> I don't know. that was yeah. disappointing guys right. Susie, what are you watching um i am well i started watching final space <laughs> so that's that netflix oh yeah i've seen that that's good. Do you like it? Oh, yes. I think it's funny. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's bad funny. Like, it's not like, good, like you actually laugh because it's funny. But it's like, oh, I don't know. It's sad. No. No. <laughs> I watched it. Now, I got to the end of the, the season one, and I, I I just had to log into Netflix on the web and just delete it from my view. <laughs> I was like, what? What is this? Okay, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No, no, it makes sense. It's just, it's just not good. <laughs> I don't know. Like the jo- the jokes just weren't landing, and I, I had to, at one point I had to pause it, go on on the internet, look up the cast because I was like, who's signing up for this show? Have they actually read the script? <laughs> And I found that it was the guy that does SpongeBob, Tom Kenny, and like some amazing some oh David what? Tennant. David Tennant is one of the no. voice actors in Final no. Space. And I was like, maybe I should just stick stick with it. It gets better. It must get better. They would not have signed these contracts, <laughs> but apparently they did sign these contracts. <laughs> and I just, I got to the end and I was just like, what am I? I've actually wasted my time. Like, it's very rare that I actually get to the end of it. Like, two series on Netflix for me that mm. I'm just like, I don't understand how. Mm. so much so guys i had to go google on like google to find a reddit forum because i thought i was tripping <laughs> like i thought i'd missed something i was just like 
like on Reddit, like final space, terrible. Missed the whole right? premise of the show. <laughs> I know, and I, and I saw like so many people were commenting um, on final space and saying like, "Oh, it's like it's shit. It's not like it's not nice. Like I'm, I feel like I'm missing something." So many people were well, rotten tomatoes, and people are just like, "I'm so confused why people really like this," and. The only reason why I wouldn't post on Reddit is because, like, the the creator is very active on Reddit. You know, mm. he is like, is he out there like, like defending show, his work? No, he's worse. He's being humble about it. <laughs> like, oh, thank you so much for your feedback. I'm gonna use it to make the show better. And you're like, is the internet a safe space to vent anymore? I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have to tell you why those the script is bad. I don't want to. Well, actually, if I if I had like a one one to one combo, I would just be asking. I'd be like, "Why are you screaming all the time? Why is this like this one character? I'm like, he seems so out of place. Like for a main character, why is he out of place? Because every I think if they removed the main character out of Final Space, it would be fine. Like, <laughs> the main good. character, the whole yeah, main character, so... isn't the premise of the whole the show character. not based around the person? It's the main character. It it is, but kind of. What do you think, Chef? Like, uh, if if you removed Gary, it would be fine. <laughs> it's on, I, mean, I mean, I guess nothing would actually change. Are you right? serious? Uh, you you've ruined it for me. <laughs> Sorry. Have you just been sitting there watching like, your show get like dissected in front of you? Or... Oh wow. <laughs> Oh. I was just like, what have I, what have I, what have I spent my time on? I've not come away from this. I was, I came away from this like, is this the bar? Because I think I can, I think I can write on Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I actually really want to so watch it now just because of like it. how much you have to say. Like I was literally waiting for you to watch it, for you to then tell me how it is, for me to then try watch it. But like the moment that you started like talking trash about it, no. But now Chef said it was actually quite good. I'm not so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Very like I'm not, yeah, like I'm not really sure whether I like should take your word for it and just like never watch it again. I feel like I'm missing something here. No, try it. Try it. Honestly, try three three episodes. But I went all the way through to the end of the season because I thought there must be like somewhere you must turn a corner. Somewhere. Something has to happen. Yeah, like, I mean, like, we, we've both watched Disenchantment and we say, you know, the first two, three episodes are like, eh, yeah. eh, and then suddenly you're in yeah. it. Yeah, but that's obviously the storyline and everything. With, the, with the, Yeah. Lord, okay, I'm going to try it. I'm gonna, what, so what's the premise? Like, they're what, in space? They're... He's in space serving a prison sentence oh. and some larger plot occurs. Okay. But to be honest, he really does take you away from it. <laughs> Like, I just think they were pulling. I don't, I don't really know what's going on in the writers' room there, but I just, I think if he wasn't in any of the series, it would be okay and might even be better. <laughs> wow. Okay. Lord <laughs> have mercy on all that's of us. Okay. That's my that's my final verdict. Final space. Don't bother. Uh, so, um, you guys both say that you're not watching this new um show on. Is it Amazon Prime? Yeah. The new Which the one? new um Black Horror. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I think I think we all watch Get Out, and I think we we've 
We know. I'm, I'm like, I went to watch us though. I had to watch us. That scared me more than get out. That's why oh, I didn't watch us because I well, once I saw the mirror stuff, I was like, too many yeah. memories. You saw a little black girl in the mirror. I was like, ah, uh-uh. still went to the cinema to watch it though. Regret it highly. No, you're brave. I think when it comes to those like big, I don't know, like black pain films, I just wait and like I'll I'll let I will actually just let the masses choose what the best one is. You know, like when it's like an artist that you like you know is good, but you're not really like completely into it, and just let they put out an album, everyone else tell you like what the good ones are. Like I don't, I mean the black success stories, I'm with it all. I want to watch single one of those, but like the pain ones, like. People can just let me know what the really good ones are, and I'll just I don't need to oh, write. No, even then, just read the Wikipedia entry for the black, like the black pain stories, because like a lot of it is like, why would I want to put my, why would I want to experience that? Really? Yeah, and often yeah. articles are better than the films. To be honest, the articles, yeah, often, and they're more informative. So. <laughs> I can't watch Pursuit of Happiness because I, I just looked at the trailer and I was like, That's it took me, for me so many years. <laughs> my- Christmas at no. one point. I don't know why. <laughs> Ruining Christmas. <laughs> what is, so, so what, you just cried for Christmas Day? <laughs> I think we all just really appreciated what we had. <laughs> like that. Oh, yeah. oh, no thanks. So happy that you're all here with us, guys. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. um, no, there's just some things that you just like. I think it's better off as a book, please, because that, not, not, not visually seeing some stuff is like no thanks. So thank you so much again, Chef, for coming on to the show. Um, where can the people find you? And uh, yeah, when, when, most importantly, when does your app, when does the EP come out? Um, yeah, well, you can find me on my socials, Instagram. This underscore is underscore Chef. This is Chef. I'm on there. Um. I'm on my music's on Spotify, Apple, all of that, and the EP. Uh, well, the first um single is coming out this Friday, so that's Friday the sixteenth of April. So that'll be on all streaming platforms. The video will be up on Up to Standards um, YouTube page, so go check them out. Up to Standards, they're sick. And um, the tape will be out in May. I'm not exactly sure when, but it'll be out in May. Um, there'll be more videos. There'll be more. You, hopefully you'll see me around so um yeah i'm really looking forward to it the world is mine drops in may and blessings the first single is going to drop on friday so yeah amazing wonderful thank you so much so everybody make sure you get on that make sure you have a listen on uh this friday and don't forget that we're back also next week mm-hmm. oh and and um also if you're going to listen to the album are going to listen to the ep Make sure that you check out Presidential Mistakes um, with IT. That one is an absolutely amazing. Produced by Louis Sevright. And yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And we will hopefully have you back on again. Because it would be good to have you come back. Thank you for having (laughs) me. Okay, thank you. Bye.